consult an attorney for local laws and regulations. And as always, trust your inner criminal. Welcome to Thug Crowd Radio. Please listen to this important disclaimer in its entirety. All participants of this Thug Crowd Radio episode are characters. None of the stories told during these episodes are based on facts, truth, or reality. All works of fiction displayed during this episode that resemble real-life situations are coincidental and are not meant to serve as guides or tutorials to commit any crimes in any country. Please consult an attorney for local laws and regulations. And as always, trust your inner criminal. Uh, ready to hang with the boys. Hang with the crowd. Hell yeah. So you, uh, throwing a party at Look, I'm broke. <laughs> broke. Right? You got it out of me, I'm broke. <laughs> I'm I stole the boat. Uncle John, yeah, yeah, he's crazy. Uncle John, he can uh, make fun of us all he wants. He's our uncle. He is. Oh, the music's still running, by the way. Yeah, yeah it's all good. <laughs> We're doing things loose. <laughs> Getting it. Part of the part of the GIF, it's new, new GIF file format with sound. Shout out to uh, Curious RX again with the uh, with those subs- uh, gift subscriptions. We appreciate those very much. Oh wow! Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, good people, man. He uh, he was hanging out with me on. Uh, there you were. At. I think it's you, uh, but I'm assuming um, was hanging out with me on. Uh, on another stream really really fun stuff we had a good time yeah some Cobra, Cobra. the rise of the hacking streams i've been noticing there's a lot of people have been uh well, especially like bug bunny people have been starting to stream a lot uh of informational content that's cool yeah it's real real cool what's real funny is uh, i contacted um twitch a while ago to to stream 
like live stream parts of a con um like like a legit con like not yeah. just a fucking meetup and um you know talks and shit and they were just like we don't allow hacker content <laughs> how times have changed that was like at least like, you know four four or five years ago so yeah <laughs> like, oh you don't allow hacking content huh <laughs> interesting i think they yeah. Yeah, for the one I did, um, they actually had a, uh, there was a category carved out for it and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, it was funny, Whitey Cracker getting banned uh, that time where he wrote uh, Twitch View Booster on Twitch. Oh. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's pretty funny, though. That's a yeah. good way to get banned. I like it. Yeah, that was, that was, a, that was a fun stream. <laughs> Sitting there, just yeah. How times have changed. Projects. What have people been doing? Uh, Been working on getting some of this um, Threatland stuff all organized. Going to be putting out a lot of um, really cool stuff that we just found online is open source tossing it out there for people to look at some of you know different fishing kits we found uh, and been able to pull down um just a lot of a lot of interesting stuff a lot of cred stuffing uh like weird things and a few other a few other things um just trying to figure out some some bits and pieces of how to host it and um whatnot because you know a lot of this stuff isn't something that uh, you know google Google safe browsing uh, would like you to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, it'd, be not, it'd be interesting to look at uh, some of those uh, discovery and scanning platforms and see there's a format that it could be, you know, like a nice universal format that can plug into whatever everybody's using. Yeah. Yeah. Someone's in the chat, raw malware. <laughs> Yeah, just get the uh, just download all of uh, virus total. <laughs> the Every total. The, yeah. yeah, there's yeah definitely places that do it. <laughs> yeah, and it's good to see shit as it actually is uh, meant to be seen around the wild. But so, um, it presents some some challenges. I'm sure. I got this uh, this project I've been waiting. So I put a, a Twitter poll out. I have this this Mac that's. Uh, the battery in it is like twice as thick as the laptop. Uh, I tweeted about it earlier this week, the poll of if I should just like do it. Like I need to desolder the cells and replace like this controller board to make this other battery you know, take its place. But um, the original cells are like almost indefinitely going to catch fire at some point. Uh, and the Twitter poll told me I should live tweet. I should, uh, I should uh, Twitch it, but uh, it's been raining. So hopefully yeah. we'll see some lithium flames. <laughs> Doesn't rain uh, increase the lithium flames? Sorry? Doesn't rain, rain yeah. increase the lithium frames though? Yeah, but it's like <laughs> cold and raining and I don't want to stand out in the rain with my phone trying to like film a fire. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, that's the, that's the real thing. When it stops raining, I'm out there. Nice. Oh. Well, uh, let's get into the news then. Into the news. Um, we have a pretty, pretty funny uh, first article, which is uh, Apple's walkie-talkie app 
um, which could allow iPhone eavesdropping. So I guess this is using the the Apple Watch, and Apple have uh, obviously gone ahead and and disabled this. Uh, yeah, it gives a push to talk function. Yeah, uh, I'm a, I'm an Android user, so I don't know know too much about about this. Uh, but I've never heard of anyone using the Walkie Talkie app before. No. <laughs> yeah. That's uh this is a, a pretty obscure thing like I don't I don't own an Apple Watch um nor do I want to and this makes me <laughs> want to get one less. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's one of those things. This article mentions the uh the FaceTime bug earlier. Mm -hmm. uh, of course allowed for people to you know see and listen in um Oh, that was the one where you could uh when you when you call somebody and then you like add someone to the call and it automatically picks up yeah 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 so some some, some low tier like normie bugs yeah yeah <laughs> and then of course everyone's talking about the zoom thing too but yeah i guess that's still going that's just tacked on to the end of the article they seem to do a pretty good job uh addressing that pretty quickly that, that was actually interesting how Apple addressed that. Um, I didn't didn't capture this traffic myself. I was hoping maybe somebody else did, uh, but Apple pushed out the uh, mitigation for that silently. So they mitigated uh, third party apps um, running process silently uh, over like with a, with an uh, an update that you didn't need to confirm. So that was pretty interesting. Uh, yeah, if anybody knows how that works, like tweet about it and uh, yeah. let us know. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Uh, anyway, what's what's next on the on the docket here? Uh, we got uh, oh, so Google uh, the Google workers get to listen to your your private stuff. Yeah, this one's one that uh, kind of caught me. I mean, it's one of those things where like anytime you are recording your voice and sending it to Google uh, for any reason. Like, it's not super surprising that you would hear this, right? Um, however, for it to be in the news uh, is is interesting. Say that it's not, not only that it's transcribed and then listened to by uh, professional, you know, researchers doing for linguists. Linguists, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it is surprising that they are just, you know, saying, oh yeah, by the way, like we store your voice data here and then just give it to people to listen to. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess, uh, Amazon, uh, have the whole Alexa privacy thing where you can log in and listen to, to snippets. But, um, yeah, yeah. A lot of the time I'll say stuff like if I'm on the phone, I'll be like, I'll just Google it. And then like all of a sudden, um, the Google Home does some shit, and then I'm like, "Oh yeah, I yeah. gotta put that back on mute." Sometimes I may or may not say terrorism keywords. So, uh. <laughs> Microsoft also logs all your Cortana recordings too. Oh if yeah, you log into the website, uh, the Microsoft website. Yeah, it's all that's, there. Uh, that's one of the things that I'm totally like. Every time, it's it's so foreign to me because I don't install Windows a great deal, but when you do install it, it's like click here to sign in it's like this is very reminiscent of like msn messenger and all the things <laughs> all the horrible things that went with that when everybody got owned yeah 
you have Cortana completely removed. Yeah, that, that takes a little bit of work though. That's a weird part about it. It's like you yep. have to, to fully kill it. I think you have to go to the registry. Or at least yeah, know. I have a PowerShell <laughs> script that does it. Yeah. It's just, ugh. <laughs> So with um, so this actually came up in a, a business discussion at a large enterprise that I won't name um, about people bringing their uh, their laptops into business like into into meetings and um, Cortana and also Siri were the concerns. But in the case of Cortana, is there a an ISO that that you can you can get that just doesn't have Cortana, like a, one of the K or N builds? Windows 7. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to, but I mean, like there are numerous script, like PowerShell scripts that'll take all of that kind of stuff out. Well, and, and I'm sure that you could do it through domain policy of some sort if you really were motivated to do that. Oh yeah. yeah. Like from a large business perspective, I guess that would be the thing. People taking in like surfaces and stuff into into private meeting rooms with, you know, sea uh, levels and whatever yeah um and and also the other thing i guess brings you to the to the uh problem of enforcing it with sea levels and being like yeah yeah hey executive can you can you do this well, and they're just like no i'm the smartest at least it's not candy crush yeah i need, <laughs> that, it. I need it. the fact that they they did that for windows pro and i think they did in some distributions of enterprise just that's so obnoxious Oh, like straight on the stop menu. Oh, it looks like the, uh, yeah. the stream's down. Is the so stream down? <coughs> no. I don't think so. Okay, no, maybe just me. All right, my bad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like straight on the start menu, fresh install, and it's like install Minecraft. It's like, I'm at work. <laughs> <laughs> Minecraft everywhere. Oh, man. You can do all your work on a redstone computer inside Minecraft. <laughs> Yeah, all, you don't do any more. Uh, you don't need to do any more, like you know, flowcharts or anything. Just building in redstone. And I don't know if you guys saw, but earlier today I found a tool that bridges like every single platform ever, and it has Minecraft support. Oh, does God. Gitter, Slack, Discord? Just <laughs> it's it's wild. Like a bridge, like one of those uh, like old egg drop scripts that would just bridge everything. It's for yeah. when you really need to, like when you're playing Minecraft and uh, yeah, you really need notifications in Minecraft that, you know, mods <laughs> down. Like, oh, God. <laughs> well, you know, there, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I definitely know people that would benefit from that. So. Yeah. Like, there's like a bamboo build that just takes like 700 years. <laughs> and like, you've got enough time to just like be digging in Minecraft for a little. Yeah. Uh, it has failed. Of course it fucking has. Um, <laughs> uh anyway what's next this next story here yeah patented unhackable <laughs> computer uh canceled oh yeah canceled. <laughs> man what a shame i was yeah. really looking forward to never getting hacked again yeah this, guy, this 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 idea like was is fucking crazy like if you haven't read this kickstarter which is now canceled like read um so the guy is like i have 35 years experience in building like low-level BIOSes and like doing all this like CPU stuff and you know um or whatever and uh I also am a security person and and whatever like so electronics engineer and all this stuff which straight away when you say unhackable and you say you can do all this stuff and we've seen everything with like Bitfi and everybody else who claims unhackable you instantly think like okay bullshit um well, it, 
the Kickstarter page made it sound like he mostly had worked in like in, in electrical engineering in the past. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and there was some level of like, oh, why isn't anybody doing security this way? They could just make it unhackable and that would solve everybody's problems. Mm -hmm. I don't uh -huh. know why no one's ever thought of that before. <laughs> One of the interesting things was uh, separating network processing away from like local processing or whatever, like having two separate uh, like compute engines. And I, I think that's what we call hypervisors. And uh, we, we have that already. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's just funny. There's many ways to segment this already. Yeah, it just goes to show that uh, patents mean mean absolutely jack shit. <laughs> like someone's yeah. like someone at the patent office goes, "I don't know what a computer is." You <laughs> it's know, fine. You're you're good. Can't be hacked. Weirdly enough, this is not the first time I've had this conversation about uh, segmented. Like, there, there's this mentality that segmented things can like be this the magic bullet for security purposes. Yeah, and it just doesn't work that way usually. I mean, MDS, like all of the uh, the microarchitecture, uh, not micro, the um, speculative execution attacks, and like that whole family, just yeah. shows as well. Like the <laughs> even if you're running uh, virtualization, like different virtualization layers, at the end of the day, uh, you know, the mitigation for those attacks is to turn up hyper threading. Um, yeah because you can still cross that barrier yeah well, and Intel can't make a uh, unhackable processor like right not gonna make an unhackable computer like well and if you were to fully segment it then theoretically you'd be perfectly secure but you'd have to perfectly segment it and it wouldn't be useful at all because it wouldn't have to have you know wouldn't be connected to anything yeah my um, my unhackable logic gate <laughs> but it's like you know just yeah it, it's uh What's what's Sun's logo that was adopted by uh, adopted by? Oh man, I can't remember. Somebody adopted Sun's logo this week. The network is the computer. <laughs> I I think that's what this guy like totally missed. The network is the computer. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I mean, you have things like Chromebooks that are basically just hidden clients for using the computer. Yep. But uh, where did this idea come from? In a dream. I love that. Just dreamt, dreamt it up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, uh, every dream. single, all of the best projects come from people who just have random dreams and decide that they want, uh, they want it to work. Yeah, but it's interesting as well. So like from the patent perspective, again, um, the requirements for something to be patentable, uh, you need it to be uh, novel and inventive, I believe, are the two main requirements yeah. so if it's novel and inventive you can get yourself a patent on pretty much everything if you can file it yeah. um so you'll find like a whole bunch of patents that are out there that are literally blockers so like they'll have an idea that's really close to a bunch of other ideas that they actually want to do and they're just there to stop any other research and whatever happening and even if you have one you still need to be able to back it up so yeah, it's it's a weird thing where there's a lot of patents for things that could literally never exist. But like oh. I said, the, the job of the patent office is not necessarily to, uh, you know, obviously they don't have subject matter experts going over all of these things. Just, well, and, and, you know, honestly, uh, I think that it's, I honestly think it's reasonable to patent something that doesn't exist if you're actually able to execute on it, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like that's kind of the point is to encourage innovation. The whole idea of a patent is that it's, 
uh, you know, giving giving you exclusivity in exchange for making it public, right? Making your designs public. Yeah. yeah. I think it, it's it's pretty cool, but uh, one of the great conspiracy theorists' uh, patents is the, the cure, is it the cure for AIDS, I think? It's like a patent for uh, the cure for AIDS. And um, probably like a lot of conspiracy theorists are like, yeah, it's invented by the government. Like, look up this patent and you'll see oh, that yeah. the government, the government holds the patent. It's like, yeah, but does it work? Like, yeah, did you test it? Oh, yeah. There's I mean, <laughs> people also like. I mean, like, you could say that you're going to raid Area 51, but it's a totally different thing to actually hey, do. Hey, well, that's the, that news story is later in the. <laughs> oh, okay. later in the news it's in there it is in there <laughs> we're gonna get to it my point is that executing on something is is different than coming up with it but i do i do think that the role of a patent is not necessarily to prove something exists yeah, right. yeah. someone should have patented area 51 memes <laughs> this man <laughs> all right so um this one I had it earlier this morning. I didn't really get a chance to read it, but uh, the FBI releases the master decryption key keys for the uh, Gand Crab ransomware, and for multiple versions of it as well. Purposely um, or what? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So Gand Crab shut down a few months ago, right? Right. I mean, they're just known for kind of losing things. So. <laughs> Oops! Slipped. Uh, slipped and fell onto the internet. <laughs> But yeah, well, that's so cool. uh, that's good. Yeah. They, they, decryption keys uh, are out there, so that's that's interesting. But um, like to counter that, there's also uh, a, a, another news article with the FBI doing cool stuff again coming up later. So uh, we'll get to that one. Yeah. Did yeah. they uh, on the Gan crap? I don't know if anybody knows this, but but what was the like, were they actually using the same encryption key for everything, or was it like a master signing key? Um, it appears, it appears to be uh, they were using uh, a single key, but then they were changing keys with the versions as well. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Yeah, there's a couple of them out there. Um, yeah, it's always neat when that kind of stuff hits. Um. But yeah, FBI, good old FBI. That was a yeah. So ransomware as a service is pretty like pretty dirty stuff anyway. It's not something that uh, yeah yeah. Well, at least they have the capability to decrypt it. I know that there's a lot of ransomware that just won't decrypt ever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, someone sat there for a long time. I mean, uh, I don't know exactly what. Uh, what algorithm they were using, or like, I guess it's some form of a asymmetric curve that they've, um, you know, maybe the uh, FBI figured it out pretty easily, or maybe they captured it from somewhere else. Who knows? Yeah, I, I think the part of it was I know that Gan Crab published at least one of those keys. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm wondering, like, because they, when they shut down, I think they, they published one. I'm going to say bold. Bold business strategy. Publishing. Yeah, well, they, they walked away with a lot of money, so it works it's out. A bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see how that works out for him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I'm wondering if maybe it was a either they sent a bunch of other ones to the FBI or it was more of like a insecure random or something. Yeah, God only knows. 
Well, they were just oh. trolling in the end. They're like, haha, we got all the money, have the keys back, who cares? Well, that was definitely it for the, la the last one. I don't know if they released the other versions, though. Cool. So um, moving on to the next one, I'm, I'm sure that everybody sort of noticed this on uh, July 2nd, that uh, Cloudflare sort of went down, disappeared, and uh, along with a whole bunch of stuff with it. Um, Good old half the internet. Is, <laughs> yeah. is cloudflare.down.com goes down and cloudflare goes down <laughs> like, <laughs> well someone was, someone was tweeting about how like there's a site that literally is for checking if like websites are down anyway and, yeah. and it also went down because it was hosted on cloudflare well i one of the more interesting things that i was seeing with that there was some discussion about the WannaCry kill switch being hosted on cloudflare yeah oh oh really oh i think it went down for an hour or so, but I don't know if they knew exactly what the impact of that was. That's fascinating. Huh. Um, so I'm what's... assuming Marcus is still locked out of it too, so he would not. Well, so, so at this point, I, I, I think that they had transferred ownership over to uh, to Cloudflare. There was an article about that. Um, it yeah. stayed up from what I had read on it. I think there was like a couple of like a couple of hundred thousand attempts, but nothing actually happened. Well, I, I thought that there was a brief downtime but maybe i, I yeah it. i can't remember it was it was just a brief overview that i read through yeah i mean the sheer amount of um of uh smb1 that's still on the internet is a high enough volume that oh yeah i mean allowed a few to get through for sure yeah. it was like, fun. uh the other day i was just going through looking uh at places back in my uh, old hometown that just on showdown just for fun and i saw something with smp1 and i was like oh boy that's not good uh and then sure enough like a week later i got a call uh and someone was saying that they got ransomware and it was the exact thing i saw and i was like well then uh <laughs> lets me know that <laughs> you know uh it's uh very easy to find still and if it's out there it's going to be it's going to be pop so oh yeah well so one of the things i've been doing is just looking at all the stuff hitting this little box i'm running and it's like 80 or 80 percent or more of it is smb traffic it just gets hammered oh yeah for sure i would imagine like if you had a honeypot out there uh the the numbers of connections would be absolutely insane yeah, yeah it's gotten to the point where i have to I have to filter it. <laughs> we had that bot. Uh, we had a couple of honeypots running. Remember that we were just feeding the credentials back to Discord for a while. I was surprised that bot didn't get turned for how much, like, yeah, like just actual, spamming, like, just spamming the channel with creds. Like, yeah, I'd like, to, yeah, like tens of lines per second of just like wow. random attacks. It was, yeah, it was well, fair. especially if you're if you're in the IP space of like digital ocean or whatever. Oh yeah. I missed that. So um so just on this uh Cloudflare Cloudflare thing, um if you haven't read the article and you're not interested in uh Cloudflare themselves, what you should probably read, and I, I recommend anyone who thinks Regex is magic, I'm just gonna quickly paste in the in the chat, in the Twitch chat, 
So this was a this was a regex that was added uh, to the XSS WAF rules on Cloudflare that caused the CPUs to just go through the fucking roof. And that's that's basically like why the outage happened. But if you scroll past the Cloudflare spe specific stuff, uh, it'll actually go into why this regex sucks. And um, you know, while it is regex magic, and a lot of people, you know, write it and test it and and sort of play you know use like re a tool like regexer or something well, regexer is what i like to use um to sort of test quick regexes it doesn't test how efficient they are and some of them are very inefficient um when searching for certain things and it, it explains this exact regex and why the cpu um went through the roof so it's, it's also a good read on uh to to level up your regex magic and um yeah Okay, one of those things that it's uh you don't find too many stories that uh, are like seemingly like super unique, but this is a this is a pretty good one as far as like uh, you know infosec stories that have you know have not been really seen that much before or that often before. And uh, a lot of companies don't like to post their fuck ups, right? So yeah. not only did they post their fuck up, they post the complexity of it as well, which was. Uh, Kind of nice. Yeah, uh, Cloudflare, you mean, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cloudflare. They've always been really good about uh, full disclosure on their uh, on their mess ups and uh, and their goof ups and their. <laughs> they're uh, they're also pretty ups. good at, at writing up technical things. Like, there's been some really useful blog posts that they put out on various things. Yeah, they don't they don't dumb it down. Um, yeah. They keep it technical. They keep it. They keep it uh, interesting. I think they uh, they also um, put a lot of their stuff out there. Open source contribute back as well. Yeah, it was good. Mm -hmm. Good to see companies. Always love companies that contribute back. Yep. Uh, what we got next? Yep. So we have. Uh, <laughs> uh, how do you say that? Avgo. 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 Another. Yeah. Company yeah. with the generic, like not actually a word uh, for a name. Avgo, yeah. Uh, good job naming your company, and uh, bad job securing your shit. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, like it's a it's a hotel booking company, um, which is always great because you know when you go to a hotel, right, and. Uh, you've booked online through insert website here, you know, you go there and you got to hand over your credit card and they take your name and then you sign into like the shitty uh, Wi-Fi with your room number and usually your name or something. You just know that like your creds are going everywhere. You're like, oh, great. Mm. Oh yeah. Take your travel router, number one, make sure it's configured for VPN, at least to your house or something. I don't know. Get, get home safely. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's yeah so it reminds me of uh, oh God, it was many years back. Someone uh, basically fuzzed their their TVs at the Hilton uh, during DefCon uh, to and was able to access other rooms' information, like the booking information of other rooms through the TV. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, like TV hotels with TVs always have that like weird box that I don't really know what it is on the back. 
Oh. Well, then you have the smart mirrors or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Oh. If you take the, I've heard if you take a ballpoint pen and uh, or even just like a um, just a piece of plastic or anything and stick it in the uh, the security covering that covers the, uh, the cables, it puts enough tension on the uh, screw that you can just kind of easily twist it off. And this would only be used, obviously, to connect your home portable DVD player to play family games and yeah. not for any other reasons. But Not Chromecast, so you could just watch Netflix in a hotel. like Because you got to pay for movies. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. You would Every, never well, to a hotel. But definitely not looking up the high channels that have weird weird stuff in the displays. <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, uh, if you're authorized. If you're authorized. <laughs> Research purposes only. Research mm-hmm. purpose botnet. High quality cosplay. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty safe to say that if you've ever gone, like if you've ever stayed at a hotel, that uh, all your sweet docs are in somebody's shitty database. Oh yeah, absolutely. I so, uh, book for I said at the hard <laughs> once or twice, and they got owned the like a month after I stayed there. It was great. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, eh, good old hotels hotels seem to be like ripe for the picking right now uh, yeah, everything from hotels on itself to other guests to like it's just everywhere you look but you're like oh shit that looks terrible oh crap that looks worse <laughs> I, th- th- yeah yeah they all got fun vulnerabilities there was one that I had tablets in each room that controlled the volume and like you could turn the radio on <laughs> uh, i i i typed in a random ip address in the same subnet i was in and sure enough it had vnc on it oh. <laughs> it to be my neighbor downstairs and uh acdc's black and black just cranked up. <laughs> yeah. was uh the most hilarious thing to hear coming through my floor. <laughs> I, I feel comfortable saying this because th- there were no passwords that I bypassed. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. Anything that I think was exceeding access, it, it seemed to be. Chromecast. It was research ACDC. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and, and also they knew the people that were downstairs. Yeah, they were cool. It's, with it. it's somewhat limited in its ability to do anything significant. It is right. It didn't hurt. There is um, there, there's a few things you can get out of it though. Um, I played around with it a little bit. There's there's obviously the SSIDs of of surrounding networks, right? You can get that information out of them. Uh, you can get some of the, that kind of data. Uh, oh, are you talking about the tablets or? No, from from Chromecast devices. Like they'll uh, you can use them to scan surrounding Wi-Fi, which can give some like geo IP stuff. Oh, that's fun. Uh, you can also do, so they can do this live streaming. Part of that is like reach out to a third party, like they reach out to an arbitrary URL. So you can do some some of that as well. But they're mostly just fun. 
yeah, fun's what it's all about. Got next here. Sprint account breaches via Samsung. Yeah, so Sprint uh, lost a whole bunch of customer data through uh, Samsung.com. Yay. So it was uh, to do with, it was in their add a line website. So I'm guessing like to add a, a line to your uh, device, I suppose, to your account. Yeah. Um, and yeah, includes the following information, phone number, device type, device ID, monthly charges, subscriber ID, account number, creation date, first name, last name, billing address, and everything else you need to get SIM swapped because that's the kind of people looking for this stuff. Um, yeah, that says uh, yeah, but they don't worry, they resecured it. Yeah, <laughs> Sprint said the information hackers had access to did not pose quote a substantial risk of fraud or identity theft <laughs> because all of your personal information <laughs> it wasn't well, substantial. It was just serious in their uh, in in their notification that's linked in that article says, your account PIN may have been compromised, so we reset your PIN just in case. Yeah. Oh, it might have been compromised, maybe. Did, did they reset my first and last name billing address? And like, yeah. <laughs> mother's maiden name. Yeah. Well, let's be shit. real. After Equifax, we were, we're all pretty much Oh, yeah. Screwed. Yeah, it's just <laughs> like a random chance roulette game. Yeah. It's like right after, right after Equifax uh, happened, I'm like, I'm like, uh, remember everybody, make sure to change your mother's maiden name and your <laughs> social security number every four, every 90 days. Yeah. Yeah. The same thing. It's with the same with biometrics, right? You're right. You got to like change your yeah. face every 90 days. Yeah. Cool. Well, and Nick Cage's face off. There's some interesting research in, in biometrics. Uh, recently, there was some, uh, some article about using uh, the generative AI to make fingerprints that match a bunch of different things. Yeah. Oh. It's crazy. Yeah, I know that uh, like at least the the Apple facial recognition stuff, the face ID, um, and the the finger finger ID as well. With um, you know, that's iterative every time you use it. So it's learning your face like constantly. Like it, it's getting better. Yeah. Um, but from a consumer standpoint, that level of security that you know they've built this model that that is you know the 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 face ID only unwraps one like only unwraps the uh, the pin code from that's stored in like a separate chip and does, you know that's to a consumer none of that matters because this other phone has face ID too right <laughs> like this like Chinese knockoff it, it's got a fingerprint scanner surely it's the same thing yeah um, it's I, not. See. <laughs> I see I well, see uh, CLC has joined our chat here. What's up, hey, what's up? So, yo, uh, did you uh, want to talk a bit about uh, your your most recent blog post? Oh yeah, uh, it's pretty interesting. So, uh, I found like a cross-site scripting vulnerability in like an internal Tesla system, uh, and what basically happened was like when I first got the car, like I was playing around with it and. Uh, I was messing with like the name your car function. So like you can like, you know, give it like a pet name basically. Like people give it like really silly things, but uh, I left it as like a blind cross-site scripting payload and I just forgot about it. So then like uh, a couple months down the road, I was doing like 
a road trip from like uh like Omaha to Seattle and like midway through like I just like a huge rock just like smashed my window uh so I was like pretty bummed out but like I submitted a sport ticket and it took the car name I guess on the request and uh I I ended up getting my Airbnb at like one or two in the morning and I checked the XSS center and there's just like this ridiculous like it was one of the most like fascinating like system like for the it, it had a screenshot attached to it but it was like my VIN number, current location, speed, uh, and there's all these like references, like these internal Tesla systems, like you know, like these like cool code names, right? Like, but but it was just like in the URL, it was like an it was an incremental like numeric ID, right? So like <laughs> they were pulling my car based on that, I guess, and like uh, yeah, I, I I like manically wrote up this report like at like probably like three in the morning, and. Uh, they fix it in like six or I think like six or seven hours. Uh, but it's just pretty crazy. Yeah. That's a pretty insane bug. <laughs> yeah. Like it was, it was super absurd. Like I w that's one of the situations, like it kind of sucks. Cause like bug bounty is pretty cool and stuff. Cause like you get to like, you know, like you find a bug, it's like, Oh, you know, report it, get paid for it. But like, I would have like, I don't know, like if they, if they gave me the opportunity to like play around in that like internal system, like that would have been like super fun. Like there are points in times where it's like, you wish you were like a malicious attacker because like the systems are just so fascinating. Like, just imagine, just like uh, the, I, the the tab it fired on was like kind of like the probably least interesting one, right? It's like di diagnostics of the vehicle. Yeah. Like there were there were tabs for like uh, version information and like uh, just a bunch of different stuff. Yeah, I saw geofencing on there too. Yeah, I think it dumps the cookies too if you you're using XSS Hunter. Yeah. Yeah. That's the so after after like I I got when I when I the XSS like initially fired like I tried browsing to it and like it was internal system but uh, afterwards I like joined like a Tesla like some Tesla like hacking communities and uh, they told me that like uh, there's actually like an online version of that website that like people in like different countries were using so I think if you took the cookies uh, from that you could have just like just passed them and logged in or whatever uh, and. I didn't know about that, and the cookies were probably dead by the time like I did. So I tried them, and they're, they're dead. But uh, it went super interesting. Yeah, I actually I, I love that service, XSS Hunter. It's been super, super great. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I found a similar bug in Domino's a couple years ago with their support system, where oh. I, somebody had opened it in like a local file system setup, and yeah, it's it's a super nice. That's hilarious. Yeah. It, it, things like that are fascinating. Like there's so many, like, uh, I love like the internal systems, right? Like, uh, cause like as kind of like discussed, like people don't really, you assume like, Oh, it's internal. Like people aren't really going to mess with it. So it's typically like overextensive, like amount of information and like really insecure and just like inherently like messed up, you know? So like it's <laughs> my, uh, the, the only information that I saw was uh, a bunch of customer reviews about, how awesome their pizza was or how much they hated it. <laughs> That's uh, hilarious. But it's always interesting poking around in those kind of systems. I mean, it's yeah. the same, uh, same feeling when you're looking at, you know, weird stuff on Shodan. Yeah. I think it's one of the, again, one of the things where uh, the bug bounty program is good, but wouldn't it be better if they just like showed it to you? <laughs> like, oh, this well. guy's done some good stuff. Like, why don't we actually get some... Yeah. You get him in to talk to the security team and then they work together. Like, I don't know. Yeah, be uh, 
that's 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 one of like the interesting uh i know a lot of people who do like contracting besides but like you know bug bounty and contracting at the same time and like there's a lot of times a conversation will take place like uh you know like hey you've been doing like really well in this program or like we really like your reports would you want to do like a audit or like speak with our team right like there's a there's a guy named jack cable really 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 smart uh but he did like hack the air force right and uh i think after like just like basically killing that program. Like he, he had like an absurd amount of bugs. Uh, he went to work and he, he did like an internship over the summer at the Pentagon. Uh, but like worked really close with the other team and actually he ran like one of the bug bounty events or helped run a, a future like bug bounty event for the military. So like uh, just like it, it does happen, but like I wish it would happen more. I totally agree with you. Yeah. Well, yeah. at a certain point, it might actually be more cost effective to do that. <laughs> like depending yeah. on how many bugs that person finds like yeah moving yeah. to the point i don't know it's a double-edged sword though like moving i i think like you take like the uber like, like the uber thing right where it's like people are like these independent contractors but like they start lacking like you know health benefits things like that like i, I feel like it's a double-edged sword like we move towards like everybody's just like an independent contractor working as like a security person for their whatever's team then like i don't know there's a lot of extra issues i guess yeah, I think one of the biggest things is that you need a, you know, you need the contract to be part of the internal AppSec team, and you know, ridiculous. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff like, and I think you know you can't neglect that internal AppSec and SSDLC and, and and all the other things that you need to do to ship secure code. Like, there's it's good that you find the bugs that get through, but I mean they're the they're the ones that are supposed to get through, not like a, a complete replacement. I'm not sure that. Uh, I'm not sure that a lot of companies who are running bug bounties are, are quite getting that. Like they're paying out a lot for these, you know, bugs, but have they really battle tested internally first? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I mean, especially if you're, if you're just starting one, uh, it's a lot of bugs to deal with. And the, the other thing is like, uh, so, so from the researcher's perspective, you know, there's a lot of uh, kind of hand waviness around what, happens when there's a duplicate and whatnot. But from the program perspective, there's a ridiculous amount of just incredibly low quality reports that flood in. Oh, yeah. That out is, is a real challenge. I think, uh, I think it, yeah, so Casey said, uh, Casey Ellis from Bug Crowd had in a, in a, in a Slack channel, um, when we're discussing like sort of that kind of topic, he said that there's, there's a lot of 11 out of 10 uh, for enthusiasm points going around, um, but there are some. <laughs> very, he, he did, you know, qualify that with there's like a lot of very smart people in the space, and then like a lot of smart people in the space, and then some very very smart people in the space as well. Um, yeah, I, I think bug bounty has done like so like it can't be understated like how much bug bounty has done for just like research contributions. Like you've got these people who now have like obviously like the financial incentive wasn't necessarily like the uh, main reason they got into like hacking or whatever, but like people are incentivized to like go and they can like if, if they're decent at it and they enjoy doing it they can like actively like hunt for stuff and like come up with new you know like james kettle for instance right like uh guy gets bored goes and invents that like an entirely new attack vector makes like a hundred thousand dollars or something you know basically flows like that where it's just like this absurd like you know oh i'm gonna go like uh find this incredible like incredible incredible like deeply researched uh thing just for fun and i'm gonna like be able to talk about it you know yeah. yeah at the same yeah. time again yeah. like i saw uh, uh another well-known uh researcher who's you know been around for a long time and found like you know, 
been like credited in, in in a lot of uh late 90s early 2000s security research and still like up to this day uh found a bunch of um bugs that needed to be reported to apache um and so went through the bug bounty system for whatever product that was and they were like 500 bucks and it's like what no you don't understand this bug isn't like a box this is the this is the platform this is like everywhere and they were like show us impact and um for somebody who's been around for that long it's a very different world um, yeah oh, and so like being able to go like uh, like you know turning it into okay this is the real impact let me explain it to you mr triage man um it's it's yeah i guess it's a different landscape yeah, yeah so oh go ahead uh, i think that one of the valuable pieces of it is that it definitely has changed sentiment around reporting bugs pretty drastically in general, right? Like there, it's, it seems like it's quite a bit less hostile than it was say 10 years ago. <laughs> like when you report a bug and then the, the email response you get is I'm calling the FBI. <laughs> I mean, it still happens, but it yeah. seems like it happens a lot less often. Yeah. Copy paste of CFAA. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's, it's, I worked, uh, so like, I did bug bounty like full time, and then I, I I worked as like a uh, I don't know the technical term, but I did like appsec testing and writing reports for people, and it's really interesting because like to go from bug bounty to like uh, writing up like insecure cookie or whatever uh, is really like it's kind of difficult because like oh like these are accepted issues, so I assume like uh, in the sense of like uh, the threshold is just like I would say like lower I guess because you're basically incentivized to report everything and it's a lot more automated, but like I can see like with with what I wanted to say, I guess, is like with all the people, like all the variants of people who have worked in like application security or whatever, you know, maybe you're like a hacker from the nineties who got like thrown in jail for like hacking NAS or something, you know. Uh, <laughs> but but like or or maybe you're like a pen tester, you know, who went through college and like, did pen testing and stuff, then you like get thrown into bug bounty and it's like, hey, like uh you know, like we really don't care about this. Like it's kind of a it's kinda of like hard to get used to, I guess. Yeah, well, there's there's always the aspect of business priorities, right? Like, if you don't flag all your cookies as HTTP only, that might be a risk, but it, it probably isn't for most of the cookies that most websites have. You know, if you're not putting Google Analytics cookies in HTTP only or whatever. <laughs> so um, we should probably rush through the, the last, we're almost at uh, the halfway mark. So let's get through okay. the rest of these news articles. Um, so the, the next one that we, we had was... Uh, uh, Medicaid in the US um, have contracted DXC to do a nice cloud migration. Um, so if you are using Medicaid, trust DXC because they definitely have not previously put secret keys on uh, GitHub before. Um, oh, goodness. And, uh, yeah, that, that, that's, that's going to be an excellent, excellent waste of money. But um, let's move past that one. Real quick. Um, <laughs> So there is uh, a change as well with the ARM licensing. Um, so if you recall, like this is probably most relevant to um, the Huawei sanctions coming through uh, previously. Um, so yeah, so other options uh, being like being risk now as well. So moving through that one super quickly. Um, <laughs> yeah, awesome. <laughs> But yeah, so it's it's good to see that because the um like when it comes to microcontroller like um, sorry yeah. when it comes to embedded uh, devices like phones and, and stuff like ARM is basically winning that market um, 
you know, everything is armed. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what that does to the landscape. Um, now, here's a good story about EU's GPS satellites have been down for four days in mysterious outage. Mysterious. Great. What a what a great <laughs> title. Um, GPS is so interesting, uh, not just for like positioning, but for things like time and like synchronizing time. Uh, for example, for your mobile networks, for you know uh, your two FA being synced to NTP and uh and other important things like that um, yeah yeah does does gps actually have any it interacts with ntp i wasn't aware of that yeah it depends and depending on what system it does yeah so like within mobile networks and stuff uh like cell net cellular networks it uses uh gps time yeah yeah gp i think the thing with gps right is that it literally relies on very 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 uh exact timing in order to that's that's a good point yeah so yeah that's that's a good pretty key part of the of the system is the the time so one of the uh one of the documented um attack vectors that i I don't like i don't know if this has ever been pulled off but it's it's some slides that i've read previously were um military uh gps which is not the same as a civilian gps is not not what we what you use in your car or whatever it's um i believe it's signed and and a bunch of other stuff i'm not not right up on the spec but um it was hijacked in order to uh to change the time to you to do uh 2fa like otp like totp replay attacks so a totp would be captured in the past um, and then the, the clocks would be synchronized to the time when it was captured, so that window would be the same and reused. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, and that was that was some really crazy stuff. So four days without an explanation—that's um, some pretty serious shit. At the yeah. end, they tacked on. Uh, they blamed it on a technical incident related to its ground infrastructure. Yeah, which yeah is- it actually looks like more of them are down than when that article came out. <laughs> the article says 20. No, actually. Uh, no, never mind. Yeah. Yeah, it says uh, the search and rescue agency said search and rescue feature used for locating and helping people in distress situations, for example, at sea or mountains, remained operational during the outage, which impact only navigational and satellite based timing services. But interestingly enough, uh, reported across Israel, Iran, Iraq, and Syria, <laughs> not anywhere you'd think they might need GPS. I'm not, I don't know. Uh, no, it's, uh, yeah. yeah. Like, so, it would be more interesting if it, uh, if, if it had an effect, if it had affected drones. Uh, I mean, that would well, be. Well, it definitely does affect drones. I mean, well, not military drones, it's a separate yeah. system. Yeah, it was, it was, I think it was a pretty, uh, specific purpose uh like research stuff that's what it seemed like they were saying um well i I, yeah i would agree but um don't don't the military drones rely on uh, gps i mean i yeah but it's they're using different versions yeah it's a it's a different i think network 
is yeah. uh, this wasn't, I don't think this was anything like super, super like military, like anything related to military or like mission critical stuff. But I think like, you know, really? if you're a civilian in the area and you, uh, you know, you had a GPS thing for an emergency, which is what this was for. Yeah. That would, you know, if you needed it at that time and it's unavailable, then why do you have it? That would really suck. Yeah. So, um, back to the FBI. Back to the FBI. After we praised the FBI for publishing some, you know, ransomware key, uh, some malware keys, ransomware keys, uh, they also plan to for uh, they also plan to add some more social media surveillance surprise um, to gather IDs, emails, IP addresses, and telephone numbers using uh, a new social media tool. Thanks, guys. Yep. Yeah. I, for one, am glad that we're being kept safe. <laughs> <laughs> by uh like 15 layers of redundant uh redundant surveillance no it's this is one of those things where it's like man like it almost blew my mind to like see this as a news story right because it's like we're we're listening it's like we are continuing listening <laughs> yeah. uh it's, i mean not not exactly a um, a good uh, a surprise yeah like like enabled you know based on location persistent keyword monitoring and personal hist like social media history so you know you, you watch a video blah 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 yeah. um but it does mention persons of interest but we all know that that a person of interest uh is a very loose term and uh you could be a person of interest right now yeah, you're a person of interest if you know someone who knows someone who knows someone who has committed a crime. So, yeah, think, um, uh, wasn't there wasn't there an article uh, a while back that uh, if you use Tor in any way, you're automatically considered a person of interest? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot like, of literally just using it is enough. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, Tor has all, all kinds of legitimate purposes, which Absolutely. any crypto anarchist will, or any wannabe crypto anarchist will tell you, talk about for hours. But you know, in the in, in the short ten seconds that uh, we'll talk about it, like people who can't access certain content because it's you know uh, it's restricted by their government, it's restricted by whatever. Yeah. There's plenty of legitimate reasons. Blah blah blah. Oh yeah. But yet. You're a person of interest. Enjoy. Also, anyone who watched Unfriended to Dark Web is also oh, a person right. of interest. <laughs> Dark Web, shout out. Worst movie we've ever thought might be good. Um, I don't think we ever thought it would be good. So uh, moving on again, Area 420 is going to get raided. Conspiracy <laughs> theorists. Um, tin foil hats. Um, we're finding the aliens, guys. Everyone's going. And the military are definitely not just going to shoot people. Um, it's my favorite story, just because, like, even though it's like a huge meme, right? The military has to actually devote resources to increasing security. <laughs> like, well, and you know that there's going to be some small group of people that shows up. Right. Yeah. Like, anytime, like, that's like, because that is the thing, right? Like, anytime there's that many people, uh, and like something like blows up this big, there's like, you know, there's a small percentage of the population who are actually like deranged individuals who will, <laughs> who don't get the sarcasm uh, behind this. 
I mean, I honestly feel bad about this because there's going to be like, if somebody shows up to that, that's going to end badly for them, probably. Yeah. I really, I hope they get the, uh, the warnings, the military, I hope they get the warnings out uh, far down the road that, hey, this is not a joke. If you approach this, you are, you're going to be engaged by yeah. that. Yeah. That if, you, um, <laughs> if you drive out into the middle of Australia, out to Pine Gap, the, uh, the joint US listening post base, um, it's like you will be met many kilometers away by, you know, US troops with guns. And they'll tell you to turn around now after you passed all the signs that told you to turn the fuck around. Yeah. Um, like you'll set off laser trips and shit on the road. Um, and they, yeah, like there's lots of people that try to go out there and they get turned around pretty damn quickly. <laughs> Although I guess Area 51 is probably used to dealing with this crap at this point. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but the gate, this for years. the gate that they let you go up to, I think, is like 20 miles from the actual base. Yeah. Yeah, well, but like, I'm sure that like they've had a continuous stream of people. Over the what I find is funny, though, is that like if you've ever Googled for about three seconds on like alien conspiracy lols, um, there's a oh, man, I can't remember the guy's name, but like he's detailed in depth how he worked with aliens and all this stuff like you know if you want to believe him or not um but he claims that that where he worked was a place called s4 which is near area 51 but it's not there so like there's a, a whole bunch of people that will claim that you know the alien stuff is not even there and they just fly x planes and shit you know like planes that haven't been given a uh a final designation out of area 51 like oh yeah I mean, if there if there was ever aliens in Area 51, there's definitely not anymore, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, let's just leave them in the same spot now that people figure it out. Yeah, yeah. I think his name's Bob Lazar. Yeah, Bob Lazar, that's the guy. There's, uh-huh. a, there's a Netflix documentary on him that's uh, he 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 talks about um, his experiences working and it, certain people he met and stuff, and they confirm that those people exist and whatever. But yeah, watch it on Netflix. Get your little. Uh, alien conspiracy fix and then uh realize that everybody going to area 51 it's pretty funny yeah yeah if you if you uh if you're a conspiracy theorist uh send uh your conspiracy theories to theories at thugcrowd.com <laughs> <laughs> and uh we'll be sure to put them in the in the news for for next week all right we're running a bit late so let's go on to our very last story um this one's been thrown in just because it's mad lols uh so people who wanted to use uh deep nudes which covered i think two weeks ago um an app where it uh removes the clothing from uh, so instead of like as with deep fakes where it puts a face on a body this is the opposite and it puts um, a naked body on somebody else um and instead of uh instead of doing that when you download the app you just get malware Good. Good. That is is what's called instant karma. Yeah. Yeah, that's karma. Cop it. Um so yeah. Yeah. So anyway. I'm not not, uh condoning that this the the people behind it uh uh making money off this or any of that, but I am condoning that people don't use deep nudes. (laughs) Or are they making money off of it? Uh, Well I 
the fact that the developer took it off the store is probably a good indication you shouldn't be using it. <laughs> yeah, I I think they were uh, they they were straight up just charging for the app that was uh, distributing the malware. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah so people double whammy. I mean, yeah. terrible, terrible. Can't yeah. believe terrible. Well, funny, funny. I'm gonna laugh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think cool. We should probably take a take a short break here. Uh, yeah. Get up, stretch. Uh, Drink some your legs water. So you don't get deep vein thrombosis. And uh, we'll be back in a few minutes. <laughs> Jeez.